Welcome to um, the For the Living Podcast. I'm your host, Rex. Uh, so we're going to do something new this Ramadan. Um, uh, it's going to be called the uh, Ramadan series with uh, our brother, Saeed. Um, you guys are familiar with him. but uh, he... Salam alaikum. Oh, alaikum salam, dude. He's, he's, a, he's kind of a cool guy. So no, you know that right. guy? Was it the black guy that seemed like a reverend? He's like, uh, uh, Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he, he butchered it. Yeah, he said, when I'm alaikum, when salam. Yeah. So, so um, Saeed Sa- uh, has curated some topics um, of discussion that he wants to, to cover. And super relates, interesting, actually. Super interesting, and it relates to Ramadan, and I guess the application of 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 it in in I'm assuming everyday life. Yes, no. Everyday life, everyday, everyday life. life. Yeah. Um, Mindset. Action. Yeah. So 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 uh, so yeah. I'm gonna let you explain a little more, but um, we're happy to have you, man. <clears throat> I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy to be here, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially, uh, over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna cover like a, a vast number of uh, uh, topics. Uh, as for this week, we chose um, knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understanding who he is, right? Big topic. And um, the reason why uh, I, I want to start off with this topic is because Islam, if you're to look at the pillars of Islam, it starts off with uh, knowing who Allah is, the shahada, right? Knowing that Allah uh, and believing that Allah uh, has the right to be worshipped alone, right? And then after that comes um, uh, obedience through uh, the body and carrying out that belief in the, in the form of action, right? So the, the first question that I want to pose regarding uh, acknowledging who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is how well do we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And if mm-hmm. our knowledge manifests in our actions, and it's really important uh, to understand that Islam has been revealed for us to embody it, right? And sometimes you even have conversations with Muslims where we rely so much on how previous Muslims used to act and that sense of embodiment does not exist within us now, right? So we always look, like, think back to the glory days before, like, oh yeah, Muslims, they used to be like this and they used to be like that and they used to be like this, but that embodiment is missing now, right? And I think if... I think you... That's a good point. You know, I actually even think, like, even right now, like, we, we, we get older and we're, like, maybe, what, 25, 26, 27, that age, and it's like, you look back when you're younger and say, oh, those days were better when it comes to our deen. You know, we were more mm-hmm. religious or, but, yeah. and as we get older, we kind of get far away. So that same concept even applies yeah. even within our short, yeah. our short For lives. Sure. Good point. For Great sure. Point. Yeah. So, so to tie it back to the, the, the conversation about knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is our knowledge of him uh, a surface level knowledge where all it is, is the ability to memorize and repeat um, the information that we know about him, like his names, his attributes, and that's all, or is it, embody do we does it manifest in our actions right like like understanding the meaning behind things right yeah understanding it and acting according to that understanding and that's the important point right because if you look in the quran you'll find that every single time that allah mentions those who believe he mentions right after that they do righteous action they're always tied together always tied together right Mm -hmm. so going back to like the knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and knowing who he is how deep is our understanding? Is it to a degree where we act upon it? And a few examples is like, like right now, let's say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the biggest example we can take in this specific question, is that 
the shahada, right? That we believe that Allah holds the right to be worshipped. Do we understand it to a level where we actually pray to Allah five times a day? Right? And, and, and it's a question that we really need to ask ourselves because, okay, if we believe that Allah holds the right, like He deserves to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. It's not just like He's worshipped, like He deserves to be worshipped, right? Do you act upon it? Right? And if you don't act upon it, then how beneficial really is your understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's pretty shallow to be honest. And this yeah. might be a bit provoking. It might be, this conversation might be a bit provoking. I feel you. So, so yeah. your like, question is basically like, is, is you're asking, uh, where does the shahada, which is the first pillar of Islam, where does it meet action? Like, where does your belief in Allah, where does it meet action? Exactly. Is that, is that, is that yeah. So that's what I'm getting. No, this, this exactly. Is yeah, because like, like, Ozzy, look at it right now. Like, let, let's say that, okay, I believe that Allah is one and I believe that he has the right to be worshipped. But I'm not praying salah. I'm not giving zakah. I'm not doing hajj. I'm not, like, okay, like, how well did you yourself. really, yeah, how well did that first pillar of Islam manifest in you? Right? And you'll learn that if a person does not manifest the first pillar, the rest are all, like, they crumble because it's essentially the foundation of what everything else stands on. You know what I mean? So it's, okay. like, Another so, example. Okay, so, then, so the next question is like, yo, okay, so how does it manifest then? How is it supposed to manifest itself? You know? Okay. Um, essentially, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sends prophets and messengers, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He speaks in regard to His prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa He says, You'll find in, in the prophet Muhammad, I saw some of the best of examples. Now, if you were to look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, everything that is discussed regarding him is him embodying Islam. Mm-hmm. Like Islam manifesting in him. And you'll find that in the time of, um, let's say like um, after the Prophet ﷺ died, right? So let's say after uh, the 11th year uh, of the Hijri calendar, right? Onwards you'll find that, like, okay, the tabi'een came. Those who came after Prophet Sallallahu didn't see him. So there's one tabi'i, and if anyone doesn't know what tabi'i is, tabi'i is essentially a Muslim that came after the Prophet died, and he didn't see him. But he saw his companions. He saw the Prophet's companions. So one of them goes to Aisha, radiallahu anha, and she says, how is the character of the Prophet So she asks him, listen, don't you read the Quran? And he hmm. says, yes. And she says, okay, his character was that of the Qur'an. Meaning whatever justice you find in the Qur'an, whatever empathy you find in the Qur'an, whatever love you find in the Qur'an, whatever truth you find in the Qur'an, the Prophet lived it. He lived it. And that knowledge was not knowledge that essentially was surface level, that was, like, it didn't bear any more fruit than to be able to just repeat that information. There, you know? was like, there was like a real life application to the things that were being yeah it re- and that's the, that was the whole purpose uh, of it being revealed for us to act upon it you know yo that, you know this that, this is super relevant because like yo a lot of people they, they really take Islam to be very abstract you know that like mm-hmm. it's you know pray fast zakat and then hajj if you have the money for it and then it's just that's it you know yeah. when you're right like yeah. you're right there is like a lot more to it it's like behind every action there should be a thought process there should be yeah. a, a, a characteristic or a name of Allah that you're thinking about you know so yeah. I think exactly. I think for me I think for me like as a person just hearing what you're saying Sarif, you know 
I'm thinking to myself, how does it look like? What am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to think about? You know, like we, we know that there's so many books that we can read that tell us how to do things in a certain way. What is it? What is it that's in my heart that I'm supposed to feel when I'm doing these things? Is there something that's supposed to come? Is there supposed to be some out of world experience or is it supposed to be like a sense of comfort and satisfaction in my own deeds? Like what, what is it? What is exactly that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for here? You know? Um, Firstly, like what you're looking for, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't limit it to only a feeling, because embodiment is more than than just a feeling, right? It, it's 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 beyond that. It's to mm-hmm. be able to exemplify the, the morals that, that 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 you believe in, right? So when it comes to the actual feeling of of iman, it's a sweet feeling. It's a feeling that can't be replaced. It's a feeling that many people they they search their lives for essentially and. And some of them, they, they look for that feeling, that sense of um, contentment, mm. that sense of like happiness, right? Uh, and, and anybody who has felt the sweetness of Iman knows exactly what it feels like. It's a feeling that cannot be replaced. And it's, it's so often like, and it's so cliche that we see so many like rappers and, and people of high statuses dying off a drug overdose because they were... They were looking for that thing. They were looking for that high. They were looking for that, that, that sweetness. That, it's not there. It's not there, you know? And Islam gives us that, alhamdulillah. Now, um, moving forward, the reason, another thing to, to, to keep in mind when discussing the knowledge of Allah is that it is the, the foundation of Islam. And if you find difficulty in exemplifying Right, uh, the, the legislation in Islam, meaning salah, fast, then there is a deficiency in your belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now it may be difficult for a lot of people to like, like not even comprehend this, but just like internalize it. But if you really look at, 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 at the reality of it, you'll find that it only makes sense because the source of the deen is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It, it's, it's your knowledge of Him and everything goes back to Him. If you take the ayah, Amina Rasulullah, all the believers that believe in Allah, his books, but his books go back to Allah, his messengers go back to Allah, right? And Allah is in charge of that, right? So, so on and so forth. So, the, the, all of these things in Islam, all these branches, it goes back to one thing, and that is belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So, now that we understand, like, where a Muslim should start off when it comes to uh, practicing their deen. I want to ask a question uh, to all you guys and just open the floor. And that question is, uh, what was your first exposure to Islam? Like you guys, what, what can you guys recall from your childhood? That was your first exposure to the deen. Uh, you can go first, Rex. Yeah, I would say when I was, when I was, in, when I was, when I was a kid, I, I went to Islamic school early on and, and their, their part of their curriculum was teaching us uh salah and the five pillars but i, th- I would say my first first memory would, would be like my my father teaching me like uh to, about the prophet stories about the prophet and and like just probably praying and and, and that kind of stuff I, w- I would say those are my my earliest earliest uh memories of islam mm, yeah what about you I- 
Yo, I think, yo, honestly, like, I've been around Islam my whole life. Like, my parents have always taken me to the masjid since I was a kid. Like, you know, always been fasting, always been praying. Like, it's, I've always been around it. But, like, I never really started taking it in seriously, like, for myself until, like, grade 12 high school, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, I, I might have been hearing it for, like, majority of my life. But to be honest with you, I never really started, hear, like, listening to it. I was hearing it, but I wasn't listening to it until, like, yeah. probably grade 12, grade 12 high school. That was, that was yeah. it for me. Yeah. You know, like, it's interesting because everybody has their own journey and how they came to, you know, uh, understand Islam and whatnot. And I feel like a lot of times um, people are not given that or, or Muslims are not given that foundation of like just knowing who Allah is. Who is he to you and who are you to him? And they are rushed more into exemplifying a belief that they don't completely understand yet. You know what I mean? So it's like an example of this is like a person being told to pray, but they don't necessarily completely understand who they're praying to. But they're told, listen, just pray. Just pray. And you find that a lot, like, like even me in my childhood, where like, and obviously our parents have done, have done a great job at like uh, raising us and, 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 and doing what they can to provide for us. But like you find that there's a lot of people that their Islam started off in Duxi. It started off in the Quran class where they're literally just, they start off with just memorizing the Quran. And like, they don't understand the contents. They don't understand the greatness of, of the book, that the purpose of the book was like, like revealed, right? Uh, essentially, because their belief in Allah was not like, it was not instilled first, mm -hmm. right? That foundation and, wasn't built there first. Yeah, and to be honest, like this may come as like a scare to people. Some people may even take offense to it, but like let's even take, for example, like, let's say, for example, a person who is told to pray before they are, are taught about Allah SWT and his names and his attributes. Eventually, somewhere down the line, if they don't go out to learn about Allah SWT, a lot of times that person, they just stop praying. Because the ultimate purpose is not there. So it's more like it's just telling somebody to do something without giving them a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like imagine, mm. and another example is like, our kids or like our like our youngsters being told you'll memorize the Quran and somewhere down the line you'll find that the kid became a hafid but he's like he's in the streets and stuff he's in the streets <laughs> and stuff it's that's true it's crazy it's crazy too because the person memorized the most powerful book to ever be like revealed on earth and mm -hmm. like 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 their lifestyle and their action is completely different oh, but really this is this is <laughs> like this is a symptom of of of, of not being taught what needs to be taught first. Okay, well, I got two things. I got two things to say on that. I think it's very interesting. I think you're actually, I think you're right. You're 100% right. One of them is like, do you think that like, as a community, as a Muslim community, even at like the Ummah in general, do you think that we don't give children enough credit? You know, like, do we, do, do we tell them to memorize because we're under the impression that they don't have the capacity to understand what they're learning or what they're memorizing? So we just force them to just memorize, memorize, memorize. To the detriment of what you're saying right now, like, yo, they end up stop praying because, yeah, they might have a whole Quran in their head, but they don't even know why they memorized it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yo, that is a very thought-provoking question that I do not have the answer to. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a relevant question, though, extremely relevant. And I would ask that whoever listens to this podcast, that they, that they hit us up and, and, they, and they share their thoughts. Ozzy, if you can repeat that question. For right now, you want to repeat it? Or yeah, you want to repeat, repeat it? it on so the 
so basically I was just asking, like, do you think that as an ummah, like we don't give our children enough credit? Um, I remember I had a conversation once with uh, a brother. He, he works with kids regularly. And he said, yo, people, they, they, they really don't understand that kids have feelings. You know, they'll do something. They'll discipline the child without understanding the repercussions that, yo, this child is going to remember it. And they think that, oh, yeah. they're probably going to forget it tomorrow, you know? But that's not true. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I was just thinking about it in reference to what you were discussing right now. And about yeah. how, like, we, we, as children, like, we're told to memorize and kind of, like, just get into the swing of things with Duxi and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they end up, like, not caring about the religion afterwards because, like you said, the foundation of Islam was not really built within them or instilled in them, you know? Yeah. So I was just thinking to myself, like, what do you think? Do you think that, like, are, are you trying to say that maybe the way that the system in which people learn maybe might need to be revamped or yeah, like, there's things that are missing? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Like, let's take, like, I'm not going to go too much into detail of uh, this hadith, but let's take the, the, yeah. the, the hadith of the Prophet, والسلام, where Ibn Abbas, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, who is the, the cousin uh, of the Prophet, والسلام, where... He, he narrates to us the hadith where the Prophet like grabs him and then he says, Ya Ghulam, oh boy, be mindful of Allah and Allah will be mindful of you. He's saying, Ya Ghulam, he's still a kid, but the Prophet is talking to him like he's an adult and he's instilling in him tawheed and, 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 and monotheism and the belief in Allah. If you ask, then ask of Allah. You know what I mean? And if you were to seek aid and help, then seek aid and help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So like, you'll find that the Prophet is, is, is treating this young child at the time like an adult. Like an adult. And you, and you go on to, to, to read the, the life of Ibn Abbas, that he would sit amongst the, the, the greats of the Sahaba, you know? Mm-hmm. To the point where like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened doors for him when it came to like, uh, tafsir and the explanation of the Quran and the Prophet made dua for him and there would be times where the, some of the companions would not know the explanation of ayah and Ibn Abbas would know so do you see that confidence that is being instilled in him by the Prophet and how he's being you know and the Prophet is the first thing the Prophet is teaching him are these words like how powerful it is later on in, in, in his lifetime the confidence that you know what I mean? You know, you know, you no, you're right. I no, I feel, no, I feel you because like everything will go back to that, right? Like you were just explaining, like everything goes always back to like Tawheed, right? So it's like if yeah. that's the focus of your teachings from the beginning, yeah, you're create, you're, you're 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 literally cultivating somebody on something that they'll be able to like rely back on for the rest of their life, you know? Exactly. And it, exactly. yeah, yeah, like it's it's 100% factual, man. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm with that for sure. But yeah. you know, my 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 question would be like. Um, I guess I, this is sort of diverging from the topic and maybe this could be like a topic that people discuss on the Curious Cat if they want. But yeah. um, how, does, how does it look like in terms of teaching kids? Is it more like a, um, explaining to them the reasons behind certain things? Is, is that what it is? Like as you go? Or is it like just like how does it, how does it manifest itself like that? Because you're right, man. I, just looking at us three right now, I know you guys personally, you know what I mean? And I know that yeah. you guys have been been in and around um, environments where people have taught you things, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you might be studying right now in Medina City, but yo, your your learning started way before you went to Medina, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and you know what I mean that 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 even zeal for you to want to go to Medina was was something that was kindled here in Toronto, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. So, definitely. So maybe even you can even speak to that a bit. Yeah. And you know, Subhanallah, I wouldn't even limit it to. Um, us being taught as kids, even as adults, because this con- this conversation really uh, 
it applies to adults as well, you know. It's not just kids, like it's, it's adults even that, that, that learn the deen, you know. And the, the question that you're asking, it really emerges into uh, the, the third uh, segment of the, of the episode, which I wanted to kind of compare and contrast how we are taught the deen and where we start off and where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started off with the Prophet and, and his companions, you know. And I feel, Allahu A'lam, that there's a great emphasis in our time that is put onto or put into um, the, the, the outward actions of Islam, praying, fasting, uh, exemplifying Islam, showing your Islam, which it rightfully so, right? But the same energy is not really put into the understanding of why. Mm. And if you were to look like back in, um, let's say the first 13 years of Islam, right? Uh, in the Meccan period, Islam was revealed to a people who were bro, they would bury their daughters alive just because of the fact that they brought shame. She brought shame to the family and they only wanted sons. They would kill each other, like barbaric. The first 13 years, Allah focused on revealing verses about himself about his paradise, about his hellfire, about the nations that came before them, right? And this first 13 years was a preparation for the legislation of halal and haram that would come in Medina. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she explains that the first verses that were revealed were uh, verses that were pertaining to Jannah, paradise, and hellfire. And when the people's hearts like clinged and embraced Allah and his understanding and the religion, that is when the verses of um, halal and haram came down. And she says, if the first verses of the Quran were to be, do not drink alcohol, the people would have said, Wallahi, we're never going to stop drinking alcohol. Okay? And she said, if the first verses of the Quran were to be, do not commit adultery. She said the people would have said, Wallahi, we are never going to stop committing adultery. But do you see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how he is mending their hearts and softening mm. their hearts and purifying it from the filth that existed all through speaking about a lot of the matters that are unseen. Paradise is unseen to us. You, like All you can do is really just believe in it, just have a little faith in it, right? But do you see how important it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cultivates the hearts of the Prophet and his companions to the point where when they get to Medina, when they get to Medina, and the verses of halal and haram, what's, what, what is permissible and forbidden, come down, they are completely ready for it. And I'll give you an example of it. Anas radiallahu anhu, he explains in a hadith that he, he had a jug of wine and that the companions were drinking wine one day. And the verses pertaining to the, the um, impermissibility of alcohol came down. He said, I had the jug in my hand and I threw it. I threw it. The people that had it in their vessels, they threw their vessels. The people that mm. had it in their mouths, they spat it out. And the people, some people, they went to the point where they induced their own vomit, like to, to vomit out all they had in their stomach. But the question we should ask is, how did they get to this point when they were a people that used to bury their daughters and kill each other, right? Because Allah subhanahu wa focused on dealing with their hearts first and dealing with their beliefs 
That's why Islam comes with the first pillar being the pillar of belief. And then the next four pillars are the pillars of action. You know what I'm saying? You see, you guys see where I'm going with this? Like, so like, it, it's, it's, so it's, it's like a natu- natural transition. Exactly. And even in the hadith of the Prophet, والسلام, he says, he said that there is a vessel in the body and when it's upright the body becomes upright and when it is evil or not upright the body is not upright so you can understand that everything goes back to belief everything goes back to belief and if we as Muslims do not start off with knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is that essential purpose and why it's not going to be there and it's only so long until you burn out because you don't really know why you're doing what you're doing. You're just being told to do it or you're telling yourself to do it, you know? And that's why mm-hmm. I believe, like Allah knows best, I believe that things like, like when we struggle with our, our prayers or we struggle with our fasting or a sister may struggle with her hijab, right? These, I believe in my eyes, are symptoms of a greater illness that exists, which is our, deficient, our deficiency in faith or our deficiency in the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because like yeah. when, when a person, when, when, when their essential purpose is their servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they make themselves a slave to Allah, they are free from being a slave to anything else, a slave to their desires, a slave to mankind, a slave to um, a, a culture, a si- whatever the case may be. I think you want... Like one thing that you said that like right now just really resonated with me is just that the, the way you said it as like oh people struggling with salah or people struggling with fasting or people struggling with the way like the way you just put it was like that each like without the previous one the next one won't be able to stand at all at all at all mm-hmm. and to be honest I haven't really me as a person I haven't really thought of it that way until you just brought it up I'm like oh. Because they're the way they were like the first, second, third, fourth. When when one is is without the other, the rest are either weakened or completely crumble, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that was a that was a great point by you. Yeah, yeah. And if you just look at the Quran, like the the believers are always addressed by their their belief. All you who believe, it's always all you who point. believe. Ya yuladina amanu. All you who believe. So if your, your first um, direction in Islam is not towards correcting your belief and understanding your belief and taking the time to in, invest in that, then really it's like you're, 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 like, you're, like you're fast-forwarding to another phase that you're not ready for. You know? And everybody mm. has to go to the, 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 the roots, right? It's almost like you're trying to grow a vegetation and the wealth that you're using... Uh, to, to, to water that vegetation is filthy it's not gonna you're not really gonna grow much until that water in the well is pure and purified you see what I'm saying so oh, it's like the, the knowledge of Allah and the belief in Allah is literally the, the source of everything that we do as Muslims you know and I feel like Allah I feel like because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know kindled the, the, the belief of uh, the believers through discussing Paradise, hellfire, like bro, like how often do we really discuss paradise? Like on a, on a real tip, like how often do we really discuss it on a big man thing? I'm being so honest. Uh, not not, not, not much. Really still. Not much. Like, but why though? Like, it, like think about it. Like, 
we're spending 60 years in this life on average, as the Prophet said. Then we're about to move on to another life that is eternal. We don't die. How come that's not, in, how come that's not the topic of conversation? You I know what I mean? I think it's more societal. societal Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Like, I think if, like if, we, if we were in a different like place where where because religion is kind of like a taboo a little bit mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the western world there's it a, there's a strong there's a strong anti-religion and there's a mm-hmm. strong like there's and there's also obviously different religions right so mm-hmm. you don't want to i guess you don't want to like for, from my perspective you don't want to be the kind of person that's like haha i have the right answer because <laughs> no, everybody's yeah. gonna everybody's gonna feel like no i have you know and then that starts that discussion but yeah you have a point amongst us amongst the people that do believe the same the same thing we should definitely have those yeah. kind of those conversations yeah yeah definitely yeah this is of course this is this is geared towards like like muslims right and like discussing jannah and hellfire is something that nobody ex- is exempt of like nobody Nobody can like say like I'm beyond that, or you can't ask me that, or don't talk to me about that because it's it's something that affects all of us, you know. That argument of like like for example, if you ask a person like how's your salah, like they they may take that personally, like how we were discussing like last week, like Ozzy was yeah. touching on mm-hmm. right, like it may that's those are the type of things that like you may be touching like a sensitive nerve, but like discussing jannah is like that it, that that topic of conversation is how is what was revealed first in the Quran. That caused the people that, that believed in Allah to reach a level where they could exemplify their faith. And this was in a time where being a Muslim was literally, it's a, it's a death wish. Death sentence, You're asking yeah. to die. You know what I mean? Like the Prophet ﷺ left Makkah and there's a bounty for a hundred camels on his head. You know? Imagine at this time being fearless to show your Islam. And we're living obviously in a society now where it's like nobody's really has like a gun to your head telling you like, like leave this, you know, leave this religion and stuff like that. But like, I, I'm, I'm getting more to the point where like, not only was it taboo in their time, but it was taboo and it was almost like, it was, it was dangerous. It was, for you no, to discuss. It, it was, it was detrimental to someone's. It was, exactly, exactly. And this hadith of Aisha discussing the first verses that were revealed and how the people gradually changed. This is literally the recipe for individual and societal change and mm. i feel like this is where the conversation starts with start this is where it starts off you know and a lot was best but that is essentially um yeah man what i wanted to discuss in this in this uh in this episode I, so sarid i had a question like after hearing everything you just said about knowing allah and and it manifesting in your actions as muslims that you know about like here in canada right because you're obviously from here um where do we go wrong? Where do we go wrong in, in practicing this? Um, okay. <clears throat> when, like, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he sends prophets and messengers, right? The whole purpose of, of them being sent is so that people believe in them and follow them. So if we want, like, the recipe for the guidance, you know, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and how to go about uh, living a life of Islam. The Prophet ﷺ is the best example. And again, like I quoted this ayah before, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا The Prophet, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ The Prophet ﷺ is for you all the best of examples. أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا 
know? For one who yearns for Allah in the day of judgment, right? So, like, the moment where we decide that, like, we want to put matters into our own hands, or we're going to come up with a, a way to understand Islam or go about Islam that has not been uh, done before, that is when, you know, like, when, when, when something's perfect, there, there, you don't fix what's not broken. To kind of put things in perspective, you do not fix what's not broken. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the, the Quran to the Prophet alayhi salatu and to all of mankind in a way with, with, with wisdom. You know what I mean? With wisdom. And I feel like we should start where they left off. You know? Where we are taught things that need to matter first. And then eventually you'll find that a person starts to grow and, and, and find a love for the deen or for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like imagine you spend five, six or years of your life and you're just learning about Allah. Learning about the fact that He is the most forgiving. Learning about the fact that He is the all-providing. That person is going to be a very, very principled person. You know? And just to kind of compare and contrast between Ozzy's question and what we were discussing with before. Like Ozzy's saying, okay, like, if we were to take, for example, a Muslim who decides to go about things the way that the Prophet ﷺ did, okay? Let's take two people, for example. One person sees that the Prophet ﷺ, right? Muslim, believed in Allah, was the messenger and a prophet, and he exemplified all that he called to. Another person may not necessarily follow in the footsteps of the Prophet ﷺ, and they'll try to exemplify something, but they don't really understand it. They don't really understand it. You know what I mean? And if you don't understand, and, and the fact that the Prophet spent 13 years out of the 23 years that he was a Prophet, spent 13 years calling to Allah alone, like it shows you that majority of time went into fixing the matters of the heart, which is belief. And that's the first pillar of Islam. You know? So the first thing that we should start off with as Muslims is our beliefs and our creed. You know what I mean? And then everything else is consequential and it will come about. So you're saying like, as, as your belief gets stronger and your belief becomes more concrete, your actions will fall in line. Of course, of course. Because I, like, uh, yeah. I had a question. Um, yeah. Just I to would, finish off for the question, yeah. the more a person knows about Allah, the more they're going to love Him. The more they're going to want to serve Him. The more they're going to want to do what pleases Him. You know what I mean? So like when a person, like, how, okay, how do we picture success in this life, really? Because I, I feel like that is very important when it comes to your question, Ozzy. Like, how do you picture success? Is success like, like believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obeying Him and fulfilling your purpose in life? If it is, then a person has no choice but to follow in the footsteps of the Prophet who was specifically chosen out of all of mankind to be a leader for mankind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's, it's just, it's there, you know, it's just there. You just have to kind of go to, you know, what's up, uh, Rex? So, yeah, the, the question I had is, is I, I feel like there's certain ex- examples that are, of course, universal, especially like character examples that are universal. But yeah. do you feel like there's, um, when it comes to, I feel like, I guess that's what you're trying to do is like, Make it more like making it understandable for the for the people in the time that they're in now. In making 20, what understandable? Like uh, I guess the um, 
Okay. Like like the belief like the belief in Allah. I know what he's trying to say. Like, like you're like, trying to like basically basically like how a Muslim should act in in 2020. Yeah, how does believing how in can Allah a Muslim look like in how can a Muslim person maneuver in 2020 and still be a a a, a, a person in 20 in like in society, but also be a a, a strong and practicing Muslim? Because I feel like the the problem that people have is that, or maybe even myself is like. Trying to core, uh, like yeah, yeah, find that middle ground where it's like, like yeah. I, you know, you, there shouldn't you be a separation to be, yeah, yeah. There, there shouldn't be a separation to begin with. Like, 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 that, and that's that's actually a very important, like, that's a very relevant discussion. Is like, why do we separate our deen from our lifestyle? Why, Islam is a lifestyle. Like, why do we separate between being a like a person? But also being a Muslim, a Muslim is a person. A per- you know what I'm saying? Obviously, like it's not you that said it, but it's something that a lot of people believe that, like, where they separate. Think, okay, like being a Muslim and like being I, a like a productive member of society, just like, being a member of society. Like the like I I think we have like I like the thing is I feel like the example of of uh, of a per- of a quote unquote like a quote unquote practicing person in in um I would, let's say Canada, it's like. It is a lifestyle, but but it's like from from what I see a lot of the times is that, um, and I know we had this like we've all had this discussion to get like on on private conversations, but it's like yeah when when a person transitions from 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 a from a like I guess the way they were to being more practicing, I feel like they they lose a little bit of their like personality. I want to say. Ah, okay. I see where you go. And maybe it's like the, it's maybe it's like the individual person as opposed to the actual, um, like practicing what Islam thing. calls to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see yeah. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Honestly, um, the only time that a person would have to remove certain traits from themselves that that exist within them is if those traits are impermissible or it's not something that a Muslim. Uh, should carry when it comes to traits. So, for example, if a person, uh, part of the characteristics that are like their traits is that the, the person is just a liar. They just lie through their teeth. Like, of course, when they decide that they want to start like, practicing. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I guess they have to start speaking facts. Fam. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? But they're like, going to have to start like being honest, upright person. But when it comes to a person's like personality in terms of like just um, their interaction with people, uh, their comedy, banter, um, just you know what what they just enjoy doing in life no islam doesn't necessarily take away from this and a lot of people feel like when 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 you start practicing the deen that you have to fit into this type of like closed minded like horse blinder personality where you can't like your 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 vision does not see the entire horizon you just see barely what's in front of you like no no not at all not at all you know and and, and and a person can completely be who they are and who they used to be so long as what they believe in and, and their morals are permissible it's completely fine you know but i feel like sometimes because of our society and because of you see this is the thing i don't and this is, this can be a whole topic in itself i don't like the word practicing i really don't i really don't I'm being so honest because, like, let's let's break it down. Like, you sin, I sin. That yeah, we we both sin. Okay. Yeah. Like, do I pray? Do you pray? Okay. If you don't pray or I don't pray, okay, that's problematic. 
are, are you a Muslim? That that is that's the conversation is take a whole different turn. Like, are you a Muslim now? Yeah. Like, because are we gonna be? Yeah, it's like, yeah, are we gonna be yeah. judged? Are we gonna be judged differently? I don't, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, and this is something that you would not find in the times of companions, like iltizam, like like one person practicing, not practicing. Bro, you're a Muslim, you pray, or you don't pray, and they consider you to be a non-Muslim if you don't have an excuse. It's, it's as simple as that. And and mm. and so long as you like you pray and you're fulfilling your purpose, if you sin, you're human. You just repent, you know. But like when this whole idea and quote unquote like practicing comes in. That's when you start separating the community and people who feel like they're Muslims, they feel like they're not Muslim enough, you know? Yeah. And that's something that like happened to me like when I was growing up where like I felt like um, my quote-unquote practice or my friends in the masjid, I wasn't quote-unquote practicing enough for them. But my friends that I grew up with, like I wasn't, I wasn't bad enough for them or I was too religious for them, you know? So like these, 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 these concepts of like practicing and stuff like that, although like it is innocent in a sense, I feel like a lot of times it really causes division amongst people and it becomes like identity politics, you know? Mm. And a person, um, you know, people who may not pray as consistently or they may be dealing with more demons than other people, they feel like they can't be around a certain people because, you know what I mean? They, you know, you guys see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I got, I got a hot take. Yeah, oh, I got a hot take. Yeah, you let me know whether or not you guys agree with this or not. But I think you guys actually, what I'm saying, though? Uh, you know, I feel you. I actually feel you on that. I, I agree with you on that 100%. You know, I also think at the same time, too, it's like for people who are struggling, like Rex was talking about, like trying to find a middle ground behind between like practicing and also just being like a functional member of society. It's like the, the, um, th- that same feeling of, of not really understanding, uh, that, that balance it's like yeah. they, they see somebody who's practicing and they see somebody giving a khutbah and that person may be their friend but they're like you mm-hmm. know what that doesn't i don't want to be that you know they mm-hmm. want they might want to go to school or they might want to do something else and i think with with whatever that they want to do it's hard for them to find that balance because i think that a lot of people actually do like islam but because mm-hmm. they don't know how to find that balance they end up like going places that they shouldn't have, have gone to yeah. begin with yeah you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like because so that balance, that balance, I think it also comes down to somebody wanting to find it as well. Because it's a struggle to want to find like the, the, the right balance between deen and Islam. For so long, you're like, you're hearing your mom say this, cut your hair as the guy. Deen and Islam or you mean like deen and like just lifestyle? Deen and lifestyle, my mistake. Deen and yeah. lifestyle, finding that balance. So people just get tired of it and they're just like, you know, why do I even have to deal with the stress? Bun it. Let me yeah. just go straight to um, doing what I want to do. Forget about this, all this extra stuff. Like, let, let me pick an extreme. Let yeah, me let me pick an extreme. Exactly. It's just easier to be one way than try to be two ways, you know? Yeah. When, like, what you're trying to say, Saeed, is, like, there is a balance that, that exists, you know? Mm-hmm. You're saying that exists, and it, and it really is there, right? So mm-hmm. I, think, I think shedding light on, on how that balance looks like for people would give people a better idea of, as to how they should, like, conduct themselves, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I don't know. Like, we could talk about this for days. You're right. This can literally be yeah. a thought in and of itself. Yeah. But I think it's a serious thing because you hear some people speak and you're just like, sometimes I wonder and I'm like, where did you get these ideas from? Like, where did they come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't here from today. You know, this yeah. must have been from like years of yeah. maybe like neglect or something. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Ozzy, you but know what it is? Yeah, finish up what though. you're saying. I know, I know no, exactly what you're talking about. That's it. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, really, essentially, like what it is, what you're saying, or what I feel it, it is, the problem is that like, 
you have people that actually study and learn about Islam, like how Islam was revealed, how Islam was brought to mankind, right? And then you have a, the other spectrum, the other side of people where like, they may not study Islam, but they understand Islam according to what people show. So Islam to them is what people, what they see in people. And you find this a lot with non-Muslims, where they don't bother about, you know, to, uh, they don't bother with learning about Islam. So they'll just see whatever Muslims do, and they'll be like, okay, that's Islam. So when the moment you tie an entire religion to one person is the, is the moment where like a disaster is going to take place, man. But you see you, like you're saying like, yo, when, when, when you can call out people and be like, okay, that, where'd you get that from? That's because I, Allah, I feel like you like looked into the deen and, and you understand the deen for what it is. So when you see a person representing it in a way that is not befitting, you're able to kind of like filter them out and be like, yo, what are you, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. But for a person who they tie their understanding of deen to the actions of mankind, it's like, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's just, yeah, man. That's a disaster. I just think yeah, like, yeah, with, yeah. With, I hope that answers no, I think you're right. Like, you know, like when you were just telling right now to Rex, like you were just saying um, that if, if what you were doing before Islam is obviously contradictory to Islam, then you have to leave it once you become like 100%. somebody who is, is trying to take Islam seriously, right? So if you're lying, yeah. for example, then you yeah. have to know, like, even though that might have been who you were back then, you can't be like that now. Like, for sure, mm-hmm. that, that shouldn't translate with you. But then yeah. there's also aspects, like there's also aspects, aspects of people who prior to Islam, it's not bad. Like, let's say somebody was... um. I don't know, like, they, let's say they're a workaholic, they work a lot, okay? Yeah. So now they, now they want to take Islam seriously in their life. And they find that, you know, somebody keeps telling them, you know, working a lot is bad. You can't pray as much because you work so much. Or, you yeah. know, or, some, or somebody, or maybe Salah seems to be getting in the way for this person. Salah seems to be getting in the way for this mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. because they work a lot and it's taking them yeah. away from their work. Yeah. So yeah. for them, their struggle may be like trying to find a balance between you know, the fact that they want to work hard and put good content out or whatever they do. And, and also praying so on time, you know? Like, so a balance like that, like for people struggling, because that's a struggle, will I, you know? For people yeah. who struggle like that, it's like, you, they, they, they lack um, examples in their life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's just my, my hot take on, the, on that last piece. But that's, that's, that's about it, basically. And I, I, I think, like, you hit it on the head, though generally speaking yeah. about and I, I think i think on that note we're gonna um uh end the episode um here uh so the way we or er, we wanted it to to work yes. was was uh was it to be user i guess like engagement based so ask the audience we're using yeah. a lifeline so so each so at the end of each episode uh Sari's gonna gonna tell us what the next topic is gonna be and uh, I guess explain a little bit about it, and then well, what 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 we want you guys to do, the listeners, um, is to ask questions that are actually gonna like apply to your life. It, it's obviously yeah. it could be anonymous. You can uh, send us a curious cat. Um, uh, so fully living or no curious cat me slash fully living pod, or just send us a DM um, or uh, at fully living pod on Instagram. Um, and then we're going to be doing this for the for the rest of uh, Ramadan, inshallah. 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 So yeah, so tell the people what the next uh, topic is going to be. Yeah, this is the thing, man. I'm 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 caught in between two, um, honesty and delusion, and what's in between, or ignorance versus negligence. So yeah, I would say pick uh, or explain both, and then whichever one. 
comes the, the next or the next episode, then the one after that's gonna be like the one after this be after. Um, it, I mean, essentially, it's pretty like self-explanatory in the sense where like, okay, ignorance versus negligence. Where do you draw the line? What is considered ignorance from Islamic perspective, and what's not considered ignorance? What's considered you know negligence? You know, because it's really important because if a person sees himself to be ignorant, like like. When a person says, okay, I'm ignorant of a matter, technically, a person who's ignorant of something in Islam, they're not held accountable for it because they're ignorant of it. But you have to know how to identify what ignorance is in its essence. And then you'll be able to separate ignorance from like negligence, a person who decides to remain ignorant on a matter, although they have the ability to you know, increase their knowledge on something. Like, Where do you draw that line? And honesty and delusion and what's in between Honesty and, and delusions in between, I feel like that is a discussion that has a lot to do with the Muslim identity. You know, you as a Muslim and how um, your Islam and your humanity merge. And the topic of like honesty and just being honest with yourself, your beliefs, your morals, um, your deficiencies, your errors as a human versus your, your delusion, you know, delusion in uh, false beliefs, misconceptions, or what you believe something is, is, is the case, or but isn't, you know? Um, I feel like, inshallah, maybe sometime during this week, uh, I'll give a much more better, um, I guess you can say, a definition to both of these topics. But which one do you guys think we should, we should go for? Oh, ignorance versus negligence. That's my pick for shizzle. First, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say that one too. Like Alright, all right, all right, perfect. And if anybody has any questions that they want to ask on this or any takes or anything really or maybe discuss what we're talking episode. about today. Facts. Comment on the episode. Um yeah. Like, subscribe. And we'll, and, and we'll also discuss it like briefly on the pod if there's anything very thought provoking that anybody posts. Definitely. Yeah, maybe anything we'll, anything yeah, we'll you they want episode. they want they want elaboration on. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, um, this was great, guys, Uh, and I'll see you guys next week.